everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. It's going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think that purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, today, I have very good news. We actually, uh, for the first time in, I think, months, uh, have got a guest on. Uh, that's right. I actually got off my butt and uh, did the hard work of sending an Instagram message and then sending a follow-up email to make sure that you had somebody other than me talking into the microphone. Um, it's been a long time coming. We were pretty good about it, and now we're finally back. Uh, the guy that I've got on today uh, came highly recommended by one of our favorite guests, uh, repeat guests that we've had on, Forrest Cooper with Redacted. Uh, Forrest said, if you are interested in purpose and especially Christianity at all, he highly recommended uh, my friend Lucas Brown, who is with us today. Lucas, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Haas. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yes, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm uh, happy to be here. I, it's it's uh it's definitely an honor getting recommended by Forrest. He's a good guy. And, yeah, for uh, sure. Dude, it's, he's a uh, he's solid, man. I really enjoy uh having having Forrest around, especially for recommendations and even when there's a uh, there's plenty of gun drama to be had in the in the gun community. Plenty of drama in the gun community and I always like uh calling Forrest and I'm like, "All right, how should I feel about this?" <laughs> um you tell you yeah. tell me how I need to feel about this. <laughs> So yeah, he'll he'll definitely offer some some different insights. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy. I've I've uh, known Forrest for a couple of years, and that's cool. Um, it's always very stimulating conversations. For sure. Well, uh, I will go ahead and uh, get into a little bit of the rapid fire. Uh, clearly, we can't <laughs> yeah. see you, but I can see behind you. Uh, the viewers cannot. Yeah. You're a gun guy. I believe you work for Mod Light, maybe. Um, and you clearly yeah. have plenty of uh of firearms behind you you're in the culture so i always like to ask uh what is your favorite carry gun and why oh uh for sure the glock 19 uh yeah first one i got um i've got probably fourteen thousand rounds through mine so it's a lot um, yeah so i can shoot that really well um and it's kind of a boring answer but it's the no. answer <laughs> of people who shoot a lot so <laughs> yeah typically yeah, for so, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's that. Got, have to go with the nineteen. Sweet. Uh, and then, so, do you work for Modlight? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I work for Modlight. I work on the marketing side um, and kind of head up the marketing team over there. So. Sweet. Uh, do y'all? Yeah. Do y'all have a a pistol carry light? Um, a Modlight. Uh, so we have a pistol light. Yep. Uh, we okay. have a pistol light. Um, it's kind of a full size duty light right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there may be some things coming. Oh, uh, sweet. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll have to, yeah, cause I... we'll have to sit on our hands for that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, holster... hopefully not too long. Hopefully not too long. So yeah, hopefully uh holster availability picks up pretty quick too. Um, for some of the newer lights, um, yeah. on some of the pistols. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But... It's always, always part of the, the launch of a new, new pistol light you always got to make sure that those holster guys get them yeah for sure so what is uh you mentioned that you were going to have to uh you you had a kind of a time limit because of uh the gym what is your favorite lift and why 
Ooh. Um, currently, favorite lift would have to be my uh, dumbbell lateral uh, raises. There you um, go. So, yeah, those are those are good. I'm kind of rehabbing a shoulder right now. So okay. um, been finding, finding that those have been really helpful. Yeah. What are, What is but, your... Uh... I don't. I don't want to expose you, but what's your what's your weight and your reps? What do you what do you what do you rep? Weight on and the reps. Dumbbell? Oh, dude. So I'm new to the gym. I want to be. I'm just going to be all all humble right now. I'm not even going to try to 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 throw up numbers. Um, I'm definitely one of those people who has been bullied into by my by my friends who are farther along into <laughs> into into lifting. Um, I mean, I'm squatting like two twenty, two twenty five. Uh, right nice. now and then <clears throat> um deadlifting a little bit more than that um and then but i'm really working on bench bench is my weak spot with my shoulder so um yeah i'm i'm lucky if i can get like a 150 bench right now one, 140 bench hey that's not so, bad at all especially for a newbie lifter that's uh that's pretty yeah similar. yeah no uh goal is just not to get hurt so <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah. uh definitely a key to have longevity in the in that game yeah 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 for sure so yeah no it's it's good though it's uh it's definitely definitely something that uh has been good um kind yeah, of as you... a pillar and a, a starting point for my day it well not a starting point but it's kind of how i end my day um and it's it's a good anchor point um among other things but how long have you been lifting uh six months maybe six months yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah it, i uh the one thing that i was told that i'll never i'll never forget <laughs> and it was absolutely true is that you have to go until you can't stand not going um like to, yeah. to build the habit you have to go until eventually you will miss like three or four days but it feels so much worse uh to not go and that's that's when you've really built the habit like that's what somebody told me they were like you force yourself to go and then eventually you'll miss and you'll feel worse when you've missed. Um, yeah, and that... yeah, yeah, no, it definitely, once you get a, uh, you know, if you, if you go quite a few days without missing a, a session, it, it definitely, you feel like you're on a roll, you know, everything else starts clicking. So. Yep. For sure. Consistency is king. Yes, sir. Well, Lucas, uh, what, what a name in the gun industry, by the way, uh, what a name in the gun community, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's come up. It's come up before. Um, and uh you know what's funny is once I, I actually interviewed uh for them uh, oh, really? a long time ago. And that actually came up in, in part of that uh right when I was getting into the, the whole gun industry. Um I kinda got headhunted and went down there for an interview and that was kind of like a question of like, okay, well if this goes through we we can't call you that. <laughs> it would be too confusing. That's <laughs> very fun. Um yeah, no. so for anybody that doesn't know, there's a uh or rather, I I I like him. Uh, he's always had controversy surrounding him, but his name is Lucas Botkin from uh, T Rex Arms, and uh, controversy is has surrounded him as of late. And so, when I say that uh, Lucas Brown and uh, Lucas Botkin in the gun industry, it's a it's it's a hot name lately. So, yep. <laughs> so, uh, tell me a little bit uh, about. Um, yeah, tell me what what is your purpose, Lucas? Let's let's just get right into it. I was going to ask some more about mod light, but oh. we'll get to that later. So, um, what yeah. what what is your purpose? 
Well, I have a very simplistic theological answer that we can expound on, but uh, I'm going to pull straight from the catechism of the Catholic Church, and um, it's kind of one of the very first questions in, in the Catholic catechism, and that is, um, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever read the Catholic catechism, but it's phrased in questions, uh, at least the Baltimore catechism is, so it says, you know, who is God? And then there's an answer. And then, you know, why did, and then one of the first five questions is why did God make me? And so the mm -hmm. answer to that is God made me to know, love and serve him in this life and be happy with him forever in the next. <clears throat> and so kind of, if you take that and you're like, okay, well, that's why I'm here. Then all you have to do is answer all your other questions in life and make sure that they are in line with that. You know, if, if that's your, your guiding star um so, for sure yeah, yeah. I, I like that a lot um and for those that have listened to the podcast for a long time uh my uh christian walk i guess as you would call it i don't like the word journey so i won't use it but uh my my walk as you might call it um has kind of developed over the over the, the life of the show so uh in august was very kind of unsure and uh like last august i guess august of 22 uh, was was very unsure and then uh throughout the life of the show uh, ended up uh being saved i think july 16th of 23 uh baptized november 19th and uh, it's always been kind of funny because uh, you know i think the, the show had a big portion to do with that because a lot of the guys that i was interviewing uh were very christian uh and it was always kind yeah. of a it was kind of a a moment that i didn't really know what to do with because they all had the same answer for what's your purpose i was like I was over here like, man, well, this is going to get really interesting. You know, I'm going to ask everybody what their purpose is and it's all going to be unique. And then every, every Christian guy on, I had on here was like, it's to serve God and to love others. And I actually, I like that a lot um, because, you know, some of the things that you, something that you find in, in a community of people in order for them to be uh, effective at all, or really to be called a community or a culture is some sort of kind of identifying purpose like some sort of mm -hmm. unifying common goal and common purpose and so yeah. I, I like that a lot when i get it you know from christian guys they, they say it's it's really simple and it, it's simple but it, it means a lot um yeah it's simple it's simple um on paper mm -hmm. <laughs> simple on paper and then when you start you know you, you know we can talk for a long time on okay well what does it mean in practice um how do i take that that you know, that simple little sentence of no love and serve God. And how do I apply that to my career? How do I apply it to my marriage? How do I apply it to, you know, my hobbies, um, you know, my For conflicts sure. with others. So there's a lot of complicate that complicate things. Right. Uh, but yes, ultimately you're spot on in that. The one thing that ties all Christians together is at its core is, um, you know, a, 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 a love of God and a charity towards neighbor. Yes, sir. And then I would say add on to that the acceptance of Christ too, which separates like Christians from any other, you know, theology, I guess, right? Um, it's not just yeah. like the, the love of God is a separate, I guess, Christian right. aspect it, it, yes. of that. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Um, By God, I, I'm the, 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 the Christian yes yeah sorry and uh, my important point of clarification yeah, but yes. <laughs> um so uh man i have uh you're very catholic 
correct that's kind of how forrest described it yeah so so yeah and i've actually never like really got into it before so forrest if you're listening you can uh, kind of get the, the full scoop so i'm a i'm what's called a traditional roman catholic um so i'm a you know if you've ever seen like orthodox um like the orthodox church in russia or ukraine like ukraine orthodox or russian orthodox um um, so that's like the Eastern Church, and then there's the Roman Church, which is all the Catholics, you know, Catholic, uh, you know, the Catholic Church down the road from from you would be a Roman Catholic Church, most likely. So, um, and that's that's like the Pope and Rome and all of that. Um, and then, very much in so in the Catholic Church, um, unlike Protestants, there's a lot of. Um, you know, with, with there's there's lots of different Protestant churches, right? lots of you know, Lutherans and Presbyterians and Baptists and all that. Um, and in the Catholic Church, there's it's all one church, but there are different. Um, there can still be different um, communities, I would say, inside the Catholic Church. And so, um, I'm much more of that old school traditionalist. Um, you know, like the church I go to, we, we pray in Latin, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, basically I go to a a parish where if you stepped back any to like the 1960s and before it's exactly like it was, uh, back then before they added um, English into the liturgy. So, so um, yeah, very, very much, uh, um, uh, I, I, people would say I'm a hardcore, quote unquote, Catholic, um, but really it's just um, I have a, a kind of what makes me interesting, I guess, if you to say for somebody listening would be um, I have a great appreciation for the tradition of the Catholic Church. So I uh, have you ever heard of Michael Knowles? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you watch yeah. Knowles on the regular? So I don't watch him regularly. I know of him. I visited uh, the church that he goes to. I actually almost just I actually almost moved um, down close by where he's at in in Nashville. Um, but yeah, I'm very familiar with Michael Knowles. He's he's a very similar Michael, Michael Knowles and I would would be uh, in the same thing. So yeah. Um, so why do you think it is that if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 26. 26. So. Uh, Michael is very adamant that the younger, the younger generation zoomers, um, I'm, yeah. I'm 24. So I think we're, okay. we're pretty close. I don't know if you're still in the millennial splitting hairs at that point, but, um, <laughs> you technically, know, yes, technically I'm like last year of the millennial. So, yep. Yeah. Yes. So why, uh, why do you think that, uh, most younger people in, in Michael's assessment, I only know one but uh, why do you think that yeah. in his assessment, most younger people are, are drawn to the more traditional uh, Latin mass, those that are Catholic? So um, there, that's a very interesting, that's a very good question. That's a very insightful question. Um, and the short answer of it is, is that it is what it is the mass that most closely and most beautifully glorifies God. Um, and it, it, we, this can open up a whole can of worms. Uh, I can not shell it in saying that um, 
a lot of the problems that we see, I'm, I'm, I would be the first person to to agree with you and say that there are a ton of issues in the Catholic Church right now, um, and that it is a a travesty uh, what's going on. By and large, um, a lot of it can be traced back to and stemmed to a movement in the Catholic Church back in the 1960s called Vatican II, um, and that's a, a kind of this. Um, you know, everything going on in the 60s, sexual revolution and um, and uh, all of that, they kind of got into the church and they made this really interesting um, change where they said, you know, we have to broaden up uh, the and kind of loosen up the regulation, quote unquote, around uh, the mass and the church. And we have to, you know, let people say the mass in their local language and get rid of Latin. Um, so let the laity kind of come in and and that's kind of backfired and the the attempt was to open up and make it more inclusive um so that more accessible right because people the argument was well people don't really know latin they don't know this and what's happened is that they kind of went off the rails and we've seen this this mass exodus of young people from the church uh, on top of you know even before scandals broke out um, and the scandals can also be tied back to this because the type of men that have been attracted to the priesthood, um, this, the changes that happened in the 1960s with Vatican II, they just, they did not attract the, it, it changed this, the mass and the, and the, the faith from this very, um, rigorous and, um, I wouldn't say cut and dry, but, this very rich tradition of beautiful. It was in a in a lot of ways the the a traditional Catholic life is very masculine. Um, we can dig into that. It's a fascinating topic. But um, in short, the there's a bunch of changes that happened to the Catholic Church in the 1960s. It backfired, and we're seeing this resurgence in the uh, in the traditional movement because it's you walk in to a traditional mass, a traditional parish, and you see men on their knees worshiping like praying. You see fathers leading their families. You see priests leading their parishes. You see um you know altar boys, you know, taking pride in their precision of how they serve mass. You see choirs that are beautiful that, you know, the average person never hears mu- music that beautiful outside of Spotify or a, or a traditional Catholic church. And so um, it's it's a, a rich beauty steeped in tradition that we just have lost in the last 50, 60 years uh, in the church. And so even though we're standing on 2,000 years of this beautiful tradition, um, we live in this very unique time in history where um, the church has kind of gone away from that and um, the young people you know there's that i'm not i'm not the best person with quoting actual bible verses but the the verse of you you know by their fruits you shall know them um and uh, you know judge a tree by its fruit that is very it that's kind of the the best way to sum up the the catholic church is you see when you walk into a traditional parish you see young families tons of young people it's not a it's not a it's not it's not for old people i mean uh this past year i think there's 80 baptisms at my church of infants so 
That's awesome. just like the parish organic organically growing and it's very rare to hear of a small parish growing that fast and that's very common across the traditional movement so um, yeah that's kind of a long long-winded answer but no i um, I, I think I, I i think i get it and for me it's it's kind of uh it's you know i look back and i'm i'm very in a lot of ways traditional and i like you know tradition and i've been kind of thinking about what my culture kind of is um i don't think yeah. it's 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 not catholic i've been drawn to like a lot of catholic uh commentary and especially Knowles. i watch Knowles every single day um yeah so i i try to anyway um if i can yeah. i watch him and uh i think i i think i'm drawn to uh some of the rigidity and at least the consistency um i find that like uh when you know Knowles will take a very hard stance on something like IVF or surrogacy um and then you yeah. see like that's something that he, he just doesn't feel the need to be nuanced with because there is I mean there is nuance but it's just it's not there's no groveling there's there's nothing like there's, that and not not that I've seen the position that. is firm and clear cut and dry there's very little yes. wiggle room to say well in exception here it's like no there's yeah. there's no exceptions i i think um, i like i think i like the doctrine of the catholic church um quite quite a bit just just because there is one that people follow now there is again controversy yeah. uh you know there, oh, there of is, course but... i mean yeah yeah there's 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 always controversy and you know something that you'll find with um catholicism is that the the catholic church is despite what you hear in the media and the media is doing its absolute best to make everyone think that uh, the Catholic church is going to, it's going to do something like um, in the recent times, there's in the past couple of months, there's been a lot of headlines of is the, is Pope Francis going to, you know, do allow women priests or something. It's never mm-hmm. going to happen. It's not yeah. the, the Catholic church is guided by the Holy spirit. That's a, that's a doctrinal matter it cannot err in that and you we are literally guaranteed there is not that is a never-ending teaching of the catholic church sir uh christ will not abandon his church like that and so something that you'll see with the with catholicism as you are observing it from the outside looking at it um kind of curiously you'll notice that catholicism is one of the it is the only um, religion that will and vein of Christianity that a has a unbroken line back to Christ and then uh, b it does not flinch on its on its core teachings right yes sir um so, so those are kind of yeah two things that makes uh, Catholicism really unique do you do you believe that uh I, this was the one thing that uh Knowles, he kind of hinted at he didn't directly come out and say it I, of course i just really like the guy one of my lifelong goals yeah. is, is to meet him but the way he answered yeah. this question was kind of funny but uh do you think that being a catholic is a matter of salvation so uh does a baptist who know and accepts christ as a savior mm. um and then you know does is uh sanctified so, and all of all of those things do you think that being a catholic is a matter of salvation so in um i have to be careful how i answer this because that's exactly are... what michael Knowles said by the way 
<laughs> yeah, no, you have to be careful you answer that because um, I believe the Catholic Church is the true church, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if I am sitting here and I reject the Catholic Church, right, knowing what I know, having, you know, believing what I believe, and I choose to deliberately spurn that and reject it yes the catholic church would say yeah you are forfeiting your soul um now there's 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 a there's a a, a new there's a nuance the, the, the nuanced part of this is you can't you can't uh we can't all say okay well then the pygmies in africa who have never heard of you know the Catholic Church, you know, they're going to hell. That's not true either, and so um, that's not it, that would not be just on the part of of, of God. It doesn't follow God's, um, you know, the the, ju the the justice and the mercy of God. So now, then, there's that gray area. Okay, well, what about someone who has been exposed to Catholicism, was curious, looked into it, and then decided eh, i think that's going to kind of test something it's going to open a door it might call me to do something that i don't really want to do i'm going to not open that door i'm not going to look into it anymore that's that, that sounds scary that's the gray area right and it's a dangerous place to be it's a scary place to be i would never uh, wish that on anyone um but i would say if if you're in that spot like what are you out looking into looking into it right yeah um, and so that's it it's a it's a tricky answer and I, I i would i would love to hear more about what Knowles has said because Knowles is a much uh you know much more studied man than i am but in it in in its i i know that the catholic church's teaching is not um it is not going to say that a person who has never heard of of christ or of catholicism is automatically you know a, a write-off um it's more for the people there has to be a there has to be a deliberate act of the will in order to say i reject this and knowing what you're rejecting um you know it's one thing if you're a little kid and you're like i've literally only ever been told by my southern baptist you know parents that catholic church is bad don't listen to them and and then you grow up and you're like, I'm a closed-minded person and I do what my daddy told me. Um, and I don't, I don't explore other ideas. And yeah. if you, if you do that, that was an then, excellent, okay. that was an excellent Southern Baptist uh, impression, by the way. I like that. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> you can't judge how can, how can, how can there be a justice in, in someone who has just through lack of exposure to, um, the church how can how can that be and and two the church is never the church also is very careful on i think um on ever putting on ever doing the judging for you know taking the judgment out of god's um hands and, and putting in their own the catholic church does not do you know the soul's judgment that, that is a that is something left only to god so um, with that said, though, we do know that there's certain truths. If you reject those certain truths, then you're 
you're not putting your soul in a good spot. So yeah, it, it, long story short, it depends. Um, for for uh, the average uh, person of of who who it's so hard today because there's so many poorly catechized people. There's so many people who are so lost and so like, don't even know that they should be looking for Christ to begin with. Right. Um, that, you know, it's a very, it's, I, I know that the Catholic does not come down and say all people, if you, if you're, if you're not in this boat, you're gone. However, you, I know for a fact that if you reject, if you if you are a Catholic and you reject the Catholic Church, um, and you turn away from it, there is it, it. It's only a matter of justice. You can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. So, so yeah. And one of the things that I've been kind of curious about is that there doesn't seem to be any time I've heard somebody answer that question, which has been twice now, because you and Knowles are the only Catholics that I you know, listen to, <laughs> um, yeah. but anytime I've heard uh, people answer that question, the the thing that I'm searching for and the thing that I haven't heard is some sort of uh, specific uh, either action or um, belief or requirement outside of, of knowing Christ as your savior, savior and accepting that. Um, so like you, you know, you get the example with the Baptist. Um, I haven't heard anybody answer that, answer it in a way that specifically disqualifies a Baptist. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, sure. Sure. And, well, you know, sure. Yeah. Um, or when you ask what is required for salvation and then a Catholic tells you it, you know, when I've heard Knowles say in, in a separate question, this is what's required for salvation. And I'm like, well, it sounds like a Baptist can, can meet those, you know, yeah, qualifications yeah. and, and yeah, believing in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't mean to grill you. I just there's, don't know. Like, I, no, I'm yeah, no, 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 that's, that's totally fine. There's, there's a, there's a parish priest growing up that phrased it in a very boiled down, really simplistic way. And he was basically like, Hey, listen, so the Catholic church is the, the, the sure, like it's, if you're like looking at a fleet of boats yep. and there's the mothership, who is like, okay, it's rock solid. It's going straight towards the destination. There, are, It has all the sails. It has the captain on board who learned from the other captain, who learned from the other captain, who learned from the guy who built the ship. Yeah. Right? And then, and who has literally promised GPS coordinates to the to the destination. And then there's like, then there's guys who are, jump off that ship, right? Luther was one of the first ones, right? Jumps off the ship and says, I'm going to go get into this smaller ship and I'm going to kind of float in the wake of the big ship. I'm going to kind of mosey my way towards the the destination, but, you know, it's not a guarantee anymore that I get there, right? I'm free now. It's I'm free to kind of take this ship wherever I want. And so we've seen that, um, and then guys jumped off his ship, right? And then guys jumped off that ship. And so now you've got all the way down to, you know, you know, um, you know, olive branch, tree, church, the third. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, down, down your, down your road. And you're like, okay, so I, you know, some non-denominational, you know, guy who just started it up three weeks ago. 
Um, yeah. yeah. What are you? How That's... is that? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and we all laugh because, you know, we chuckle, but it's kind of sad because it's so fractured and, um, you know, there's so much contradiction. There's so much confusion with, okay, well, there's like, there's this whole blanket of Christianity, but then, um, I'm, I'm not answering your question. I'm answering your question in a very roundabout way, but okay. So we go back to, okay. Why, why leave the mothership, right? The mothership asks you, asks of you certain things, right? It asks yep. you to live in a certain way. It asks you to live in a way that Christ asks you to live. Yes, um, sir. Right. So we know that like, okay, Christ probably isn't down with the, with abortion, right? Christ probably isn't down with, a lot of the things that are being allowed in our secularly in our culture. Okay. Neither is the Catholic church. Oh, yeah. shocker. <laughs> and then you go, Oh, but a lot of these Protestant churches are, and you're like, Hmm, interesting. Okay. So maybe those aren't, aren't it. Um, Ooh. And then you go look at, you go look at, okay, well, okay. There's these Protestant churches. Like I have a good friend who's an Orthodox Presbyterian. Right. And you look at his doctrine and you look at the Catholic doctrine, and they're you know, step in stride. But then they they have this disagreement theologically on these very nuanced little things, right? Maybe it's a Marian doctrine, or it's a Eucharistic doctrine, or um, what be it. But um, when you at, when you say, okay, well, can a Baptist become you know be saved? Technically, yes, um, but you're putting it. If a Baptist looks at the looks into okay, really, I'm going to understand both sides of the argument. I think that's why it's so hard because so many, so many I, um, I, Baptists I don't I, take the time, like so, or so many product, like so many different. If you're in a, a, a faction of Christianity and you don't thoroughly go and read through, okay, what is my what is the doctrine that I actually believe in? Like, what does my First Presbyterian Church actually believe? What does my Lutheran Church actually believe on these doctrinal matters? And why do I believe them instead of what the Catholic Church believes them? And because the onus is kind of on um, on, on uh, the Reformationists, because you have to you have to kind of say, I my idea is better than the church that traces all the way back to Christ. Yeah, and no, I, I there's, there's a, a whole saying. bunch of, I mean, it whole a whole bunch of arguments, but it ultimately that's what every that's what every guy who goes and starts his own Protestant church is saying is saying I have problem with X Y Z, and I'm going to um, take matters into my own hands and start my own church, and then you're like, okay, interesting, you know, it's just an interesting. It's an interesting way of going about it. I know that there's all these reasons why people why why they do it. Everyone's everyone, you know, there's two sides to a story. But um yeah, I didn't answer your question at all. I kind of went on a big rant, but no, I I know I know what you're saying. And 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 again, I'm a fairly new Christian. Like I go to a Baptist church, uh, I'm a member at my Baptist church. I'm still yeah. very ignorant as to what it actually means to be a Baptist, but yeah. um it's which I never, I know the stereotypes, um, which is why I, I would find it shocking. There's stereotypes, that I would ever... of, stereotypes oh, sure. of Catholics though, too, for yeah. sure. So. Uh, but uh, I always found it shocking that. Cat box people. In. 
no you can't uh well it's just funny because like i said i i know the stereotypes which is why i found it odd that i would ever end up at like a baptist church but i love it there um but anyway yeah that's that's besides the point um i think there's a lot of people that that know more than i uh, a lot of the reason that you know things split up and I, i've got buddies that can just rattle off all different reasons and theology and all that stuff and i'm just like you know yeah i love christ simple as you know uh for right now but um it, that that takes you so far you know? <laughs> yeah it, it and and ultimately like when we go back and we talk about what our purpose is right yeah um if our purpose is to love christ and others so you know just making sure that you're doing that to the best of your abilities right and yes, and keep exploring keep exploring um keep exploring the truth keep exploring christ christ will lead you to you know if you keep an open mind he will lead you to where you should be and the you know the i think that's it's something that i've noticed i have friends who just from simply talking things through um and and them staying inquisitive um you know it they it takes that that is a such a hard thing to do in this modern age where we all love to just jump on a bandwagon and then we find our our you know our people and our groupies and we don't really take a take time to really think through okay why am i you know why am i believing this and and finding that purpose right i mean if we want to bring it back to the title of this podcast it's you know the 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 and that's what's it's such an interesting and fascinating topic that we've gone down the the route this rabbit hole of christianity and different you know all the different subsets subsets of it because at its core all christians and i'm saying you know those christians who identify christ and even more um the a triune god right yep those guys all of us agree on um, by and large the ten commandments we agree on the uh, you know core teachings of the gospel we agree on the beatitudes um and so that instantly puts a it, it makes a, a christian culture even if i'm a catholic right and i i venerate yeah. mary right and i i am i'm like okay i think mary's pretty cool and then you're over here like dude i'm never gonna talk to talk about mary she's mother of god she did her purpose and then you're like okay uh and then you know you've got somebody else over here who's like you know i don't even acknowledge that they're saints you know we we don't even know and then you got this other guy over here who's who's got his thing right yeah. at, at its core we can put all of that aside and we can say okay we can still get along as people and and form communities that can support each other even with some theological differences right um that's something i've gotten into with forest about like how do we build community better um because mm-hmm. a lot of this purpose right it's yeah. impossible without community um it's impossible to provide well for your family without community um socially economically um emo- you know even emotionally like we need people we're social beings and that has to um that has to it has to be a priority um for 
for people to not put aside their differences, but to be able to just civilly discourse like you and I are, are right now, right? It, yeah. I think we live in an era where it's just, you know, people do their civil discoursing by jumping into comment sections and then kind of lose it. And, um, and you know, that's not how we, that's not how we change things. It's not how we, um, it's definitely not how we find our purpose. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. Definitely uh, not. It's definitely not the loving neighbor part. Uh, so, no. yeah, no, it's, <laughs> It's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's good to be able to take um, take all these things and and chew on them together and um, compare and contrast ideas. And... For sure. No, and, and I like what kind of what you were saying about the uh, uh, the the mothership. And it was funny because that calls me back to a conversation I had uh, when I was getting baptized, and one of our pastors was like, "You know, when you when you say I I'm saved, they obviously want to make sure." You know, they want to be like, okay, you know, how are you feeling about this? They want to make sure that you're actually believe, you know, they don't want you to say I'm saved and then have a complete wrong idea about what being saved is. They want to clarify. And so we had that conversation and that went well. And then uh, around the same time with baptism, that's, that's when they had kind of said, okay, next step is getting baptized. And I put, I, uh, you know, I posited the same question to them as I did to the Catholics, um, is being baptized a matter of salvation. And the reply that they kind of came back with was, well, no, but if you're really saved. Why would you not want to? Why would you not want to so, be baptized? <laughs> and it's it, again, yeah. Well, putting yeah, putting your and, well, and it's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, finish your thought. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's kind of the same thing with the Catholic Church. It's like, well, if you believe that Christ is your Savior, why would you not want to be at the church that it all that it all not started with? But you have a more kind of traditional case of like. There's I mean, nothing when it comes to when it comes to Christ, it, the Catholic Church is where it all started. Is it? See, and I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I didn't know what. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Where there's a beautiful. Goes, but... There's a beautiful uh, point in the Gospel where Christ hands over the keys of the kingdom to Peter, and uh, if you haven't read it, you should go go read up on it, and then just realize that Peter's the first pope of the Catholic Church. Okay, and that makes sense. It goes. It traces all the way back, you know, from there, and. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting thing that a lot of a lot of uh, pro, you know Protestant churches simply have to kind of glaze over, um, and, or they say, "Oh, you know." Well, and I I do I actually remember when we we read something. It may have been some sort of catechism. I don't remember what it was, um, but we like read it all together, and it was like basically this declaration of beliefs. And there was yeah. like there was a uh, what do you call that a not a nuance but a uh where you you like qualify something i'm forgetting the word now um anyway where they caveat yeah caveat that's that's the word i'm looking for there was like a caveat of he had to like state that we're reading this and when it says catholic that like he gave the he's like that means the, all it of means the church universal. Yeah, yeah it means universal the, church the technical meaning of the word catholic is universal yeah um, so i i found that to be quite funny but um yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting um, the conversations i'm gonna have after my baptist friends listen to this <laughs> gonna be yeah gonna be some yeah cool no conversations. Uh, yeah yeah no and it's one of those things where like you know i'm i'm glad we're kind of keeping the conversation where it is now like without diving too deep too deeply because it's kind of like both sides kind of want to book up and pony up you know at a certain point where you're like <laughs> 
you know, it's like when guys start grabbing, be like, well, I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab my, my catechism and my Bibles and then yeah, you know, yeah, start yeah. slinging phrases back and forth. That's when it gets to be like a really theological. Those conversations are fun. Yeah. Um, and they can well, take that, you, you know, deep into the night. But that's that's as far as I can go, because I don't I I mean, I'm not well read at all. Like, like these questions that I'm asking you are like genuine. I don't know. Like, they're not even like yeah. from, a, from a Baptist yeah, you know, perspective. And I'm, I just I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And I'm going to be honest, you know, if you throw me something that I can't answer, I'm going to tell you, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it, it, it is, uh, it, it'll be, you'll, you'll definitely get some, <laughs> you'll, you'll get some, you'll get some conversations on this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's always funny. And, and I, I've gotten some of those conversations before when I mentioned how big of a fan I am of, uh, of Michael Knowles. Um, yeah. I think, I think my favorite thing that he's ever said is, uh, he says it was in the matter of uh, smoking cigars. He said your body is a temple, and what is a what is a temple without a little bit of incense? And that's probably been one of my uh, favorite quotes forever. That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah actually, are Baptists are Baptists the ones who are against kind of drinking and smoking? Or uh, is it... So I I don't actually know. Um, I know I don't know any of my Baptist friends who like drink regularly, but I don't know any that like think it's a sin. Uh, gotcha, I know the. Okay. I know the common joke, which is what's the difference between a Baptist and a Catholic. And that's that a Catholic will say hi to you in the liquor store. Uh, I know that joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, the, the Catholics, Baptists drink at home. It uh, is a, but, you know, I think um, GK Chesterton who, uh, you know, famously uh, a big cat, you know, Catholic writer. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I don't, I, I'm sure very, everyone's familiar with him, but uh, he has this, he has this quote, and I'm not going to remember it now off the top of my head, but he has a quote about how, um, uh, of why God created wine. And oh, it was, it, it's a, you, you should Google it up after this, but uh, yeah. he has a good quote about, about why God created wine. Uh, that's funny. I no, remember I, it, I will bring it back up. But. Yeah. And I know that, like I said, there's all, all stereotypes, uh, are around for a reason, whether they're true about a specific, a specific sect or not, but, I know. I think that is the stereotype for Baptists is that they just don't, they don't drink hardly at all, or if they do, they do it at home. That's what I've heard. But uh, yeah, but I know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not declared that... a sin. Like I don't think it's declared a sin at our church to have a beer. Um, I don't believe it is. So yeah, because um, I asked. I, I was like, before we accepted membership, I was like, how does this actually work? And if y'all catch me with like a beer, how to you know? <laughs> Your excommunicado. Yeah, yeah, my excommunicator <laughs> from the church. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like, no, it's not, it's nothing like that. That's um That's so funny. but now and I I actually I really love the church. And I I love the church that I go to mostly because it is uh it a lot of people my age. Uh and actually I okay. say a lot of people my age, uh, we we really get along more with some of the uh the people that are older than us, kind of in the kids space. So anywhere from our age up to like the 30, 35 um yeah so there's a lot of people like that and then they do a good job of mixing in some of the older leadership with some of the younger people uh so like our sunday school teachers nice. are uh if you listen to this jeff don't be upset but my my sunday school teachers are my grandparents age um and then everybody else in there is kind of uh ranging i don't know that there's anybody that's like my dad's age in there it's it's mostly just like our sunday school teachers and then uh, a group of anywhere from i think we're the i'm probably the youngest person in there at 24 and then up to like that 35 40 range um gotcha. and then cool. there's a whole there's a whole nother group of people that are actually our age like they're they're 
they're our age. We just didn't come into the church with them. And so we don't, they're not our group. You know, we came in with some older people, um, cool. but it's a very young church, it seems. And, you know, our pastor, he's only, I, w- I wouldn't even want to guess. I know he's got a kid in college, so he's probably at least 40. So, um, yeah, but it's, very it's very cool. young. And so that's why, that's why I enjoy it. But, um, Lucas, we've had a really cool conversation. Um, I think it, yeah. it delivered it, it, as far as, uh, your purpose. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your, your life outside of the church. Um, you obviously have a yeah. job with mod light. Tell us a little bit about that. And then, and then your marriage. And then I know you've got to get to the gym and I won't stop anybody. Nah, from no, you're so. good. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> good. You're good. Man. You're good. Um, yeah. So, um, I work at mod light, um, on the marketing side of, I kind of got into that, um, through, um, through a friend, um, through some, some connections that I had, uh, just through Instagram actually. And, um, my background actually before the gun industry was in real estate. Um, so I, I worked at a family business in the real estate side of things doing home inspecting and, um, you know, much more of a trades focused, uh, job, if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I basically got into the whole gun space through, uh, in, through Instagram, um, just throwing up photos on stuff, um, by trade now, I guess, you know, if, uh, if mild light were to vanish into a proof of dust, I would be a photographer. Um, so oh, I, cool. I have a background in wedding, wedding photography, um, and, you know, own an LLC in that. So. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of me background, you know, multimedia stuff and, and all that. And that's kind of morphed over the years into where I'm at now, kind of heading up a, a marketing team of videographers and photographers so you, and stuff like you, you lead the marketing team at Modlight. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. No, that's, so, that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, why yeah. should give me, I know you may not be in sales, but surely you have to know the pitch. Why would I buy a mod light over an Arasaka or a Surefire or especially a Cloud? Um, what what is different, and why would why would somebody buy a mod light over over the competitors? <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm gonna clock into work here real quick. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things. Um, you know, right now price point would not be the the main one right we're we're one of the more expensive options on the market and so you have to say okay well what justifies that um there's a couple things out there first and foremost modlight was kind of one of the first people to jump on on the high candela train so we were the first mover in the market when it came to the high candela lights um and everyone has had to follow kind of follow suit cloud was always right on our heels but then um you know their initial offerings weren't as high candela and then um surefire obviously had to you know, ramp up their R&D and, and get their products stuff. Uh, took them a couple of years. And that's kind of how we became a quote, you know, quote unquote household name in the gun industry. Um, and so now though, everyone's kind of caught up. So it's the kind of the candela battles are everyone's, it's an even playing field right now. Um, you know, there's, it's kind of like that spec sheet war that companies, you know, you'll see it with like the tech companies, you know, phone manufacturers want to have the highest megapixel phone camera. And um, that's kind of what, where it's at with the Candela Wars. Um, so, you know, everyone's, um, 
everyone's doing that. So that's kind of, you know, performance is, is good. We've always been a first mover in the performance area. Um, and we definitely will be again someday. Um, but right now it's, uh, you know, you can compare two lights from two different manufacturers of so the, you know, a leading manufacturer and look at them and be like, okay, it's pretty, you know, they're, they're both good. So why mod light <clears throat> and mod light is unique in two other ways that, uh, a lot of the, that our competitors just really aren't. And so the big pitch is the modularity of mod, the mod light ecosystem is something that a lot of people don't realize. It's something I'm working on getting that more uh, easy for people to grasp of just how easy it is to swap things around. Uh, um, so to be, to be clear, what I'm, one of the, uh, the best, I say best, one of the most, uh, most liked and, and used systems I've seen just in my YouTube uh, scrolling and watching has been like an Arasaka body with a mod light head. And so it's very yeah, clear. Yeah. Arasaka um, makes very uh, streamlined, streamlined bodies. Um, and um, yeah, they make, they have, they have good mounting options. Um, Arasaka, uh, yeah. we're a big dealer for Arasaka mounts. So um, yeah. Um, yeah. And so the modularity is huge, right? We're like, right. We're, we make the lights that can go on all the surefire lights and, um, you know, we even offer backward, you know, backwards compatible upgrades for, for a lot of Surefire models. So, um, the modularity is a core, like design principle of all the products that come out of ModLite. Um, you know, modular within their own ecosystem, within our own ecosystem, with their own products, but then also how can we enhance other people's products? So that's a, a core thing. And then, uh, the customer service is by far head and shoulders above that's actually the big reason <laughs> one of the big reasons it's actually if i trace back how i got my job at modlight it all started with a um a bad experience with one of our competitors on the customer service side oh, and yeah. <laughs> that's my like arc villain story <laughs> because now it <laughs> now it's like here here we are um, yeah um, years later and i uh i'm uh, as, as somebody that's goliath as somebody that appreciates uh, quality customer service at the highest degree, I admire building a career out of spite, actually. So just know that I, <laughs> no, I'm a big fan. Not out of spite, I... not out of spite, <laughs> not out of spite, but, but definitely out of admiration for, you know, the the people who, who are at uh, customer service at the time when I was um, being, reaching out to them because I got, you know, a reply back in three and a half minutes on a Tuesday morning. And you know, solving the problem with a packaging way. Um, so that's something that is a huge pride point for the modbite team. You know, uh, it's very rare for people to have to wait for an email reply. So um, we're very aggressive in our in our staffing and our training for the CS team. So uh, well, uh... They, they're absolute killer. You know, they do a killer job. They're all shooters. Um, so when you email someone at Modlight, even if you have a basic question, just you're curious about something, you want to know, hey, can I run so-and-so's light with one of your heads? Um, and you email us, you get an actual guy who's shooting regularly. You know, he's not some couch potato who's sitting and doesn't really know shooting or lights. You know, everyone is is a, a very driven and accomplished shooter. So That's awesome. I uh, I will say this. I had a buddy who recently... Uh, this was this was before you and I were friends, so don't hold it against me. But I had a buddy who recently uh, bought a light from one of your competitors, and uh, all I'll say is that as an engineer, he was an engineer 
he was very upset at the fact that they had three different types of uh fasteners and heads um so like three different types of uh of drivers required to put the mount together um i i listened yeah. to him complain about that for about 20 minutes the other day so if you can pass anything on to your onto your engineers it's that i shouldn't have to have a torx a phillips and an allen wrench to put your light on my gun ours are all torx uh, ours are there all you torx. go so there you just you have go. to have a couple maybe two different sizes of torques and you can get almost everything done so yeah awesome no that's uh that, that's very funny yeah he he called me he was like i'm really happy with the light he's like but as an engineer i would like to go to their engineering department and fire every one of them uh because they were they were so they were yeah. so awful but yeah. <laughs> but uh anyway lucas i think uh I think we've got a really good episode here and i i would love to have you back on uh tell me a little bit about yeah. uh tell me a little bit about your kind of some things that you like to do for fun that that uh that we don't know about lucas so what are you your marriage and all that stuff what are your hobbies other than shooting oh, yeah. yeah married uh got a little baby boy on the way here in a couple months so that's going to become my new hobby uh being there you dad. Go. so um yeah so that's that's definitely um something that's taken up a lot of time just getting ready for the baby but uh, outside of outside of work and uh family life um i enjoy shooting obviously um i enjoy in the summers going hiking a little bit of mountain biking um you know i live in the pacific northwest so inland inland pacific northwest so um, lots of opportunities for for outdoor stuff a lot of uh you know boating in the summer and all that good stuff so um yeah it's it's uh you know live in a, a fairly overall you know a lot of people think that you know i've got i must be doing some you know cool guy stuff um with my job <laughs> a lot of it is i'm gonna be honest a lot of it is a lot of emailing and you know working working uh quiet days so um yeah but you know um yeah i'm a outdoor outdoorsy kind of guy um for the most part in the summer and then i kind of don't grow up in the in the winter and i think everybody and, uh, does in that part of the world yeah, yeah 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 right now we had negative six outside uh this That's morning what, so a lot of uh a lot of my guys are number one more outdoorsy guys but also a lot of them live up north and so this next week when i know that y'all aren't doing anything uh that's when i'm going to be hitting a lot of people up for podcast appearances because i know that everybody's yeah. stuck inside do it during the cold snaps <laughs> yeah do it during yeah. the cold snaps Sure. Yeah, yeah. So. but yeah, I'm a pretty pretty simple guy. So Sweet. outside of, outside of work, so it's um, you know nothing. Yeah. I don't have you know some like crazy <laughs> crazy story crazy story. Uh, so yeah, what uh, Just, uh what when, when's your baby due? Uh, March. That's Sweet, March. same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, mine, congratulations! Yeah. yeah, March. Uh, the 13th of March is our due date. So, oh, very uh, cool. We're March 4th. So March 4th. Yeah. Well, around that time, I'll be sending you a note asking you if it's as bad as everybody told you it would be. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, so I actually grew up, I'm the oldest of 10 siblings, so I kind of know what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> you know, oh, really? I've, That's cool. I've, yeah. So, yeah, definitely have, I've been around the block with uh, a, a big family. So That sounds like that Catholic family planning that I keep hearing about. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so yeah, the, that's another stereotype. Going back to the stereotypes, but you know what? I'll say, everyone is uh, missing out on on big family life. I would totally, in a heartbeat, go grow up in a big family again. I mean, I know that yeah. people's experiences can vary, but by and large, um, it's a 
very wholesome way. And I think it's, it, it automatically fills so many of those voids that people um, feel in our modern day, you know, for sure. So, uh, it's, so a very, have, it's a very, you're going to have 10, what? you're going to have 12. Oh, what, we'll, what we'll have the, I'm going to give you the most Catholic answer of the night. And we're going to have as many as God gives us. So <laughs> There we go. <laughs> awesome. What a, what a good way to, uh, what a good way to, I think, wrap up the podcast, man. This has been really cool. Uh, I w- I do intend to have you back on. Um, once again, this is uh, Lucas Brown. He is the uh, media director, leader, whatever you might call him, over at Modlight for my guys that are in the gun culture. Uh, he is very Catholic, hardcore Catholic, as he might say, uh, traditional. It was a very good conversation, Lucas. I really appreciate it. What what Any last words for, for the audience? Um, you know, just... Uh, what would my last words to the audience be? I'd say, you know, we've had a kind of theological discussion. Um, even, you know, we didn't really have, honestly even get into anything too deeply. Um, but for those of you who have made it to the end here, I would say, you know, always keep an open mind. It's something that um, I think, you know, we've talked about stereotypes. We've talked about um, people getting put in boxes. And I think that's the worst thing that we can do to to anyone in their position. Um, because, you know, if I had, you know, said, oh, I'm only going to go on, you know, Catholic podcast, <laughs> you know, I'll go on Michael Moe's podcast, but not, <laughs> yeah, not Haas's yeah. podcast. You know, we would never have had this conversation. It's been a great time. So, sure. um, you know, keep an open mind, um, but not so open that your, your brain falls out. So, yep. I like that a lot. Uh, keep an open mind, ask good questions. Uh, anytime that you see anything that you're not sure about, ask some good questions. Uh, don't put people in boxes. Uh, jokes are funny and stereotypes are funny occasionally, but uh, make yes. sure that you're not overusing them and uh, keep an open mind, build community. Like we talked about earlier. Uh, it's very hard to build community with anybody. If your if your mind is closed, uh, but don't open it too far because that's how we get into a lot of the situations that we're in uh, today. Uh, a lot of the not good situations. So uh, use your brain, uh, keep it open, ask good questions and be open to alternate perspectives. Lucas, I think we had an awesome episode. I really appreciate you uh, being our first, uh, first guest after a long period of, uh, of oh. no guests. So my pleasure, man. Awesome. It's been, uh, well, it's been a good chat. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go ahead and uh, hang on for me after I hit the, uh, the end of the record button. So um don't just hop off Uh, i've got some other things that i need from you so uh everybody thank you for listening uh go follow me at the underscore purpose podcast uh we have the sunday series where we talk about finding and fulfilling our purpose and then we have the one flesh series that posts on wednesdays all about marriage uh lucas will probably be on that uh probably pretty soon hopefully so uh everybody thanks and i'll holler at y'all later